Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It may be all, but it's also everything we're about, Anderson. That poem was put at the base of the Statue of Liberty to capture what this country was, is, and must always be about. Great reference for you to make on this night, especially. Thanks, Anderson. I'm Chris Cuomo. Welcome to Primetime Live from Washington, D.C. The facts have been drawn out. Tonight, we will be able to put together the evidence and test the case for impeachment. We have the best investigators to weigh the pluses and minuses, and we'll see whether there's any chance of buy-in from anyone in Trump's party. We now know where this is all headed and why. So what do you say? Let's get after it. Two weeks, hearings, dozens of hours of testimony, names and titles. And for all the confusion of who was where and did and heard and saw what, one thing is now clear to anyone who is looking clear-eyed at the facts. The president wanted Ukraine to look into issues of political interest to him, namely a conspiracy theory about Russia not being who interfered in our 2016 election and an announcement that Ukraine was looking into Biden for corruption. In exchange, there was aid and there was access. And that was the deal. Today's final witnesses, former top Russia advisor Fiona Hill, And David Holmes, a State Department official at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine, they came ready. Hill especially came ready to confront the smears, to confront the conspiracies being floated by many of the Republicans in the room. Today was a very big day, again, especially for Dr. Hill. She was certainly without equal when it came to confidence, clarity and complete inability to take any crap. And I did say to him, Ambassador Sondland, Gordon, I think this is all going to blow up. And here we are. She outlined the problems that Giuliani and others created, the disturbance that it caused with Ukrainian officials, and laid the foundation for what may result in the impeachment of President Trump. Now, while Hill was probably the star witness, if you need a phrase like that, many combined to answer many Questions. The case against the president is about more than a single call. Know that. But this inquiry was prompted by that July 25th conversation between President Trump and Ukraine's President Zelensky, as it has been referred to by Mr. John Dean. Unlike Nixon, we start here with the smoking gun. We now know for sure that call was not perfect, as the president claims. How do we know? People who were listening to it in real time, were real alarmed, including two current White House officials who just testified about it, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman and Jennifer Williams. I listened on the, in, on the call in the Situation Room with White House colleagues. I was concerned by the call. 
what I heard was inappropriate, and I reported my concerns to Mr. Eisenberg. I found the July 25th phone call unusual because in contrast to other presidential calls I had observed, it involved discussion of what appeared to be a domestic political matter. They didn't think it was a perfect call. And we now know another imperfect call came the very next day. David Holmes told us just today about it. He overheard the president's ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland, talking to the president of the United States from a restaurant in Kiev. The president followed up with him after his own call with Zelensky. Here's what Mr. Holmes says he heard. I could hear the president's voice through the earpiece of the phone. Ambassador Sondland replied, yes, he was in Ukraine and went on to state that President Zelensky, quote, loves your ass. I then heard President Trump ask, so he's going to do the investigation. Ambassador Sondland replied that he's going to do it, adding that President Zelensky will do anything you ask him to do. This was not U.S. diplomacy on the regular or on the up and up. It was a shadow operation. The difference was spelled out succinctly by the current top diplomat in Ukraine, Mr. Bill Taylor. There appeared to be two channels of U.S. policymaking and implementation, one regular and one highly irregular. One of the main players to help carry it out came clean to Congress yesterday and not only pointed fingers at those high up in the White House for their involvement in the scheme. Remember, he said everybody knew about it. But Trump donor and ambassador Gordon Sondland directly implicates the president in the scheme. So we followed the president's orders. Was there a quid pro quo? The answer is yes. Everyone was in the loop. At the center of this plot, along with the president, according to Mr. Sondland and almost everyone else who's testified, of course, it's the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Sondland says he and the other two, three amigos, as they call themselves, were forced to work with Rudy on Ukraine policy, despite their concerns. We did not want to work with Mr. Giuliani. I followed the directions of the president. What was the goal of this operation that Rudy was apparently at the helm of? To get Ukraine to say it was going to investigate a 2016 election conspiracy that has been widely debunked. Perhaps most importantly, to get the country to announce an investigation, announce an investigation, not necessarily do an investigation. What's the difference? Because if you care about corruption in Ukraine and you want to make sure that they're now on their game, you don't just want an announcement because that's meaningless unless you just want it for political advantage about Mr. Biden and his son. Another amigo, Kurt Volker, the former U.S. envoy to Ukraine, testified he was unsettled by Mr. Giuliani's pursuits to smear Biden. Mayor Giuliani raised and I rejected the conspiracy theory that Vice President Biden would have been influenced in his duties as vice president by money paid to his son. Salman exposed one of the core issues at play. The president did not care if Ukraine actually investigated Burisma. I'm saying that twice because it is at the core of the defense of this. This idea of Burisma was just code for the Bidens. That's what the testimony says. He just wanted the public to think it was happening in the name of anti-corruption. He had to get those two investigations if that official act was going to take place, correct? He had to announce the investigations. He didn't actually have to do them, as I understood it. 
Sondland was the U.S. ambassador to the EU. Ukraine's not in the EU. So why was he involved? People had reported he muscled his way in. Why would he have done that? He's never even been in diplomacy before. He says he was carrying out the president's orders and Mr. Giuliani's directives. Dr. Fiona Hill says she heard Sondland telling Ukrainian diplomats in the White House what Zelensky had to do to get an Oval Office meeting with the president that he was seeking. What would that be? Announce the investigations the president wanted, but not everyone in the room was on board, including Hill and National Security Advisor John Bolton. Bolton gave Hill a warning, she said. Listen. Ambassador Bolton had looked pained, um, basically uh, indicated with body language that there was nothing much that we could do about it. And he then, in the course of that discussion, said that Rudy Giuliani was a hand grenade that was going to blow everyone up. Dramatic, but accurate. It did blow up. Look where we are. The president's defenders have been trying to argue that, however irregular the methods, that this is really just a good faith policy dispute. And this is about how to fight corruption and the way the president sees it is the way it should go. Was the president trying to get rid of corruption? No. How do we know? Well, he and Giuliani were trying to sideline the ambassador to Ukraine who was there to try to help rid corruption. And how they did it. They could have just removed her, but it wasn't good enough. Smeared her. And then got her out, pushed her out. One of the biggest anti-corruption crusaders in Ukraine, known as such. Why? Because she didn't like their scheme. That former ambassador, Yovanovitch, gave her testimony last Friday. Ukrainians who preferred to play by the old corrupt rules sought to remove me. What continues to amaze me is that they found Americans willing to partner with them and working together, they apparently succeeded. And so the giant corrupt elephant hanging all over these impeachment hearings is not Ukraine. It's Russia once again. Fiona Hill warned that hyperpartisan politics of today, which we're all living through in a state of dread, is playing right into Mr. Putin's hands. Schooling those parroting Russian propaganda in Congress that Ukraine was to blame for 2016 election meddling. This is a fictional narrative that has been perpetrated and propagated by the Russian security services themselves. Russia's security services and their proxies have geared up to repeat their interference in the 2020 election. We are running out of time to stop them. Hill's message to Congress and the country was simple and clear. An errand that pushed America's foreign policy aside was to Russia's delight. Those are the facts. What do they mean? What are the pluses? What remain as minuses? The investigators McCabe and Baker are here next. Dr. Fiona Hill summed up the entire mess we're dealing with in this impeachment situation in a single soundbite today. I actually said to him, who put you in charge of Ukraine? And I mean, I'll admit I was a bit rude. And that's when he told me the president would shut me up. Now, I actually realised, having listened to his deposition, that he was absolutely right. That he wasn't coordinating with us because we weren't doing the same thing that he was doing. He was being involved in a domestic political errand. 
and we were being involved in national security foreign policy. Nobody was able to dispute what she just said as a matter of fact. What it means, we'll get into now. Andrew McCabe, former FBI deputy director, and Jim Baker, former FBI general counsel, director of national security and cybersecurity at the R Street Institute, both join us. Gentlemen, uh, Evan Perez had uh, news in the last hour uh, that the inspector general found uh, what we believe to be a problem made in one of the FISA applications for Carter Page. Uh, What I want to know from both of you, my understanding is this. Andrew, you can't talk about it. Uh, You're restricted from discussing the report of the investigation, right? That's right. I am currently, I've reviewed the report. I'm in the process of that, and I've agreed not to speak about it in any way until that process is over. All right, I'll respect that. Jim, you have not seen the report. Is that accurate? You haven't reviewed it? That's correct. All right. So there is no, I'm not going to mess with the NDA, and if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to talk to you about it. But as you both know, When anything comes out that is of importance to the audience that has to do with either of you, we'll come right at it. You know that, and that's why there's mutual respect. Thank you for dealing with that, uh, with me about that. Let's get into what we do know now. Andrew, how close did the Democrats get after Fiona Hill, after everything they put forward, to what you see as the bar they need for a legit impeachable offense? I think they are clearly over the bar. I think they were over the bar before Fiona Hill. Impeachable. Absolutely. Look, it all comes down to what you think about the phone call on July 25th, right? Everything else we've heard from all these witnesses tells us a lot about what led to the phone call, what was happening behind it, what was happening in Ukraine, who else was involved in it, who knew about it, who told who what. But essentially, everything you need to know is in that phone call. And if you think what you heard in that phone call, there's no problem with it, then if you're a congressperson, you're not going to vote for impeachment. If you're a senator, you're not going to vote to remove him. And if you are a, an American, you are probably going to vote for him in the next election. If you think what you heard was objectionable, you see all those things very differently. Jim Baker, how do you see it in terms of uh, the hurdles with a, a potential defense of what the Democrats laid out? Well, I think, as Andy was saying, look, we were kind of back to where we were when we got the transcript. And you look at that, and it was clear to me, at least, that the president abused his power in order to stay in power. That's what this is all about. I think what the witnesses have done over the past couple of weeks, you know, question by answer by answer, question by question, is to really introduce substantial evidence to the country that undercuts all of the defenses that mm. the uh, that the president and the Republicans have put forward about the president didn't know what was going on, that the three amigos were kind of running a rogue operation, that the Ukrainians didn't know what was going on, that there was no quid pro quo. All of these uh, d- defenses that have been brought up over time, uh, the witnesses introduced substantial evidence, as I say, to undercut all those. And so where the, the members of Congress are, I think, is whether you think this is impeachable or not and, and whether you want your guy out of power and whether you think a vote against the president is going to get you kicked out of power. I well, think the- at the end of the day, where we are is this is about this is about power. This is about the president trying to stay in power. This is about the members of Congress trying to figure out how they can right. stay in power. And, and at the end of the day, that's what this is about. That's where All it comes right. down to. It's Everything else that. has kind of been swept away. Right. It's always been that. It was always going to come down to politics because it's a political thing. And so uh, that's why the founders wanted this to be a clear-cut case or this is the wrong mechanism. You and I have talked about this a lot to the chagrin of some in the audience who don't want to hear about (laughs) limitations in this process. But let's talk about limitations on the defense. What they say is 
good faith disagreement here. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like corruption. He doesn't trust Ukraine. So he wasn't crazy about giving the money in the first Mm -hmm. place. He says, fine, you're going to uh, be different with corruption. Well, I've heard about this uh, 2016 thing Mm -hmm. where it was your guys in Ukraine trying to get me. Mm -hmm. And I believe it. And I think you guys covered up for the Bidens. Mm -hmm. So if you're not about corruption anymore, show me that. If it's a good faith, meaning no corrupt intent, which is necessary for a bribery charge, I know we're in politics, not in the law, why doesn't that wash? Because as you get into the details of those two requests that he made, the logic falls apart. So on the first side, the 2016, the great conspiracy theory that the Ukrainians were involved in in meddling in the election and not the, the Russians, nobody destroyed that theory any more effectively than Dr. Hill today. She exposed it for exactly what it is. But what if he still believes it? You know, Chris, I don't think that's good enough. He is the president of the United States. He has the um, he has the access to all of the best intelligence on Earth. He has an entire community that supports him to show him um, exactly what we think happened, what we know happened. We know that his own advisors have tried repeatedly to dispel this flawed notion Um, that just doesn't stand up. It doesn't pass the smell test. Now, uh, Jim, the other big defense that I think is compelling is politically unappealing, which is, you know, you guys only know little fragments, even you, Hill. Uh, You may be a genius and you've been there for a long time, but you only knew what was trickling down to you. None of you were calling the shots. None of you can own these decisions you say you know about. The problem with them is, It's their side that are keeping those people from testifying, so it's not as politically satisfying. But does it give cover? I know you're not a politician, but just reasoning it out, does it give you cover? I didn't hear from any of the main people. Why would I vote for impeachment? Well, those are opinions and those are assertions, but there's no evidence that was introduced, in my view, to support that. I mean, the witnesses are sitting in front of the committee are providing through their testimony evidence. And so members of Congress want to make these arguments about what the president didn't know and, and so on and so forth. But they're just going on what their opinions are and, and trying to be hopeful about that. If, if they want to make a counter argument, then the president needs to allow some of these other witnesses to show up and he needs to cough up these documents that can shed light. And if this is actually what the the president thought at the time and there's evidence of that, then fine. The, the Congress can consider that both with respect to impeachment and if they impeach them with respect to the trial. Maybe that'll maybe that's where this will come out. Maybe the, in the trial setting, they'll have to come forward with some of this, uh, some of these witnesses and some of this evidence in order to make the case well, we if we see, get that far. We're headed that way. Jim Baker, Andrew McCabe, appreciate it as Thanks. always. And thank you for addressing the other issues. I'm happy to do this. All right. So the question now for Democrats is... Do you fight what we were just talking about? Do you keep fighting for the big guns? Pompeo, Bolton, Mulvaney. You just heard Jim Baker say, hey, the president may need them. Well, no, because we're not in trial and everyone in his party is on his side. But do the Democrats need them? Do they need to put to rest any doubt about what the testimony comes from? We'll get to that next. President Trump says... I never in my wildest dreams thought my name would in any way be associated with the ugly word impeachment. But it is. And now the question is, are the president's actions worthy of impeachment, even worthy of removal? Congressman P. 
Peter Welsh, Virginia, uh, Vermont, Democrat, member of the Intel Committee, one of the fact finders, uh, distinguished himself with his questioning in a lot of the testimony. Welcome to primetime. Good to see you. Good to be here. So the best conversations are always before we go on air. Uh, you watch this testimony, Fiona Hill. Wow, boy, what a great servant. Uh, Vinman Taylor, Yovanovitch. Wow, I'm proud to be an American. It's great to have them in service. Uh, they seem credible and good. Sondland, a little sideways, has trouble sticking to a story. <laughs> Um, But people watch the spectacle and they shake their heads, Congressman, and they say, these guys can't agree on two plus two equaling four. What's the message to the American people? No, that's true. I mean, and it's a it's a lament of mine that uh, everybody is really feeling entitled to their own version of facts. That's a challenge in the social media world. Uh, it's a challenge when Russia so interfered in our 2016 election that even aside from whether it tipped the balance in favor of uh, Trump, it really sowed discourse among people because it just pitted people one against another. So it, it's, it's the context that within which we're all living. And, and, and frankly, President Trump is not the cause of that. Uh, he's very smart about exploiting that. So that's the environment we're in. We're in, and if you remember, Adam Schiff said this is not the same Congress as it was during the Nixon time, nor during Clinton, and it's not the same country uh, now as it was then. So this is a real challenge, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, or Independent. How do we have a common set of facts and have a debate where at least we agree on what the facts are? And that is very, very difficult, and it's being played out to some extent in this impeachment debate. Now, I think the facts. And the evidence is overwhelming that the president put the squeeze on President Zelensky in the Ukraine uh, to demand that he do an investigation, dig up dirt on Biden in exchange for getting the White House meeting and the aid. And the 2016 Ukraine conspiracy theory. That yeah. mattered to him, too. Yeah, it mattered to him a lot. And that's, you know, in a way, that's really bizarre about uh, President Trump, because, you know, in July 24th, uh, Director Mueller gave his report. Mm-hmm where he said it was the Russians, not the Ukrainians, and actually debunked the Ukrainians. That was our intelligence agency agreed with that, the FBI agreed with it, and Director Mueller agreed with it. He expressed a fear that Russian interference, foreign interference is a new normal. The day after, President Trump was on the phone with President Zelensky, and he asked Ukraine to right. interfere in our election. And everyone, I guess there are nine of his uh, Republican Party members in that they all agree with him. They accept nothing. I mean, the only thing that they're absolutely wrong about is they say this isn't a fair process to him. I've never seen a party get behind their president in one of these hearings the way they did. They were all That's defense right. counsel for him. There was not a single Republican looking to find any fact that was to the disadvantage of the president. So he was well represented. But do you think you have any chance of having any Republicans vote for any article of impeachment against President Trump? You know, frankly, I'm not op- optimistic about it in the House. Uh, it could change. And the only thing that will really change it is public opinion. And, you know, the challenge for us is not just to get the facts out, but to get them out in a way that's accessible and relatable for everyday Americans. And, in fact, I think we've done as good a job as can be done. Was and this good know- for the country, what happened over the last week? It's not good for the country that the president invited the Ukraines to get involved this in our election. This process is necessary. Is it good? That's a different question because it's not good to have impeachment. It's not good to be having to be fighting on things that are by definition divisive. And impeachment is. And Adam Schiff was a very reluctant person to proceed with this. They don't say that. 
Well, they, they don't, but he was, and I was pretty reluctant. Uh, and Nancy Pelosi, of course, was reluctant because, you know, there were members of my party who the day after uh, President Trump was elected or sworn in, they wanted to impeach him. And uh, that's not that right. That was a mistake. That you was, guys are all colored with that now. Well, that people say this is always where you want to be. But the reason yeah. I wanted you here was you've been really reasonable in your questioning here. And you were often offset with Jim Jordan. Jordan would go and then you would go. And it really showed the two faces of the two parties right now. Um, but the, the testimony was strong. These people were patriotic and they were credible. Well, so we'll see where it goes. Yeah, but th- that was the inspiring thing that I hope all Americans. These folks are patriots. Yep. They are committed to the Constitution, to serving our country, and to doing, the, doing their duty. And a number of them were immigrants, like mm-hmm. Vindman and like uh, Dr. Hill today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, can think about it. Her grandfather fought in World War I. He was gassed. He was shot, uh, uh, and, and he survived. And then her father was a coal miner. She's a coal miner's mm-hmm. daughter. And here that's, she is. That's what this country serving our country. It's so wonderful. Uh, hopefully, part. people remember that. Congressman, thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. appreciate you coming in tonight. Thank you, Chris. Day. Appreciate it. All right. Republicans. That's the Democrat side. Republicans. Tactic was hey, look, this isn't what they say it is. These people don't know. And even if it's right, it's not that big a deal. The strategy has to be tested. Would it be easier? to admit what is obvious and just fight about the consequence. We'll bring on a top Trump supporter and have exactly that conversation. Next. What an odd situation we find ourselves in. The testimony part of the impeachment inquiry appears to be over, and yet we seem to be in the exact same place we were before we started. We heard from very impressive people today. Dr. Fiona Hill's got everybody talking here in Washington, D.C., President Trump's former top Russia advisor. She slammed GOP conspiracy theories on Ukraine, warned how those fictional claims play right into Putin's hands. But where are we? Is right any closer to moving anywhere near where the left is? Let's bring in Oklahoma Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen. Always good to have you on the show. It's good to be with you in person. Um, The only question is, whether or not you are open, you or any of your brothers and sisters in the president's party are open at all to anything that was testified to being proof that something done was wrong. Well, Chris, first of all, I was sworn to uphold the Constitution, full stop. And in the Constitution, it's very clear uh, what powers we have when it comes to impeaching the president of the United States, because there's a clear separation of powers also inside the Constitution. So our founding fathers are very smart about that. And as we've discussed this before, it's got to be treason, bribery, high crime, or a misdemeanor. Uh, when you're listening to the testimony, there no one, not one single person, when asked the question, was there, has there been a quid pro quo, bribery, or extortion? Everyone that testified that, asked that, that we got asked that question said no. No, not on quid pro quo. Everyone, when asked the question, said no. Point blank, no. Now, Solomon they would say they, said yes. they said he believed, but well, when asked by, by Congressman Turner, said, did anyone in the world, quote, direct you to do that? He said, no. He said, no. So he made the assumption the whole time that that's what someone was wanting. And Why was he's it never the only corrected? one, and he's, and Sumlin was the only one that asked the president on September 9th, what do you want from this? And the president was very, very clear when he said, quote, I want nothing. I want nothing. I, I know, want no quid pro quo. September 9th. I just want them to do what's yeah. right. All right, Mark, Mark Wayne, I accept the arguments. Um, September 9th was after um, people were chasing after the president and sure. everybody else for what was going on. 
uh, the day after the September, uh, the July 25th call where the president asked for things expressly. Sure. He was on the phone with Sondland. Uh, he was overheard on the call with Sondland asking about the investigations. Here's been our discussion all along. I don't know how you can watch this testimony and not think that what was going on is what was apparently obvious. The president had doubts about Ukraine, didn't want to give him money. So did Obama. Thinks, thinks they're dirty. Yeah, and he didn't even give him the aid that Trump has. Uh, and Absolutely. I, but I'm not comparing he administrations. Actually, he actually with, withheld I know, but it, way. And that's, that's great. Check mark for the tr- Trump administration politically, right. but it's not relevant to the analysis. Um, he didn't trust Ukraine. He didn't it like Ukraine. It is a little Ukraine. relevant, but I get what you're saying. He didn't want to give him money. He says, I want to test them out. To get this money, you're going to have to show me something. Now, you have to build into the analysis. This president has never been about fighting corruption. No, that's actually not true. He made it very clear up front. And even people that testified here had said, I think it was uh, I think it was Kent that said that the president said he didn't want business as usual. He had irregular. He and it was Taylor that said it had irregular channels the way that he, he handled things. But my goodness, Chris, we elected a business guy, not a regular do business as normal A businessman who has been known his entire career for shady business dealings. It is demonstrably true. I've done the investigating. He, he, has, he can't he even tell known, the truth about his net worth. Well, He won't even show his taxes. He, he has been known to be a very aggressive business person. He doesn't pay does people. Some, does some, He's had lots of problems in business. Well, th- no, that's a lot of people that are out there saying. Did he, did he, yeah. did he admit that he, that he filed bankruptcy? Yes, but that doesn't mean that what he did... On this case, was illegal. There doesn't mean that there was any bribery. What I'm and saying every is, single person that he came doesn't up have a history of fighting corruption. He's had for, an administration that's ripe that's with corruption. He hasn't done anything true. about it. How He's many members of his cabinet corruption. have left? He, he has been tough, tough on corruption, and even every, in fact, almost every person that has brought that up has said yes. They knew that President Trump was taking in a hard stand against corruption and had in their doubt Ukraine, against Ukraine. He thought Ukraine. Ukraine was dirty because he thought he believed Rudy that they were out to get him in 2016. But that is, is, no, you're, now you're tying those two in together and you're making the assumption that that's the only reason why that he was being tough. But he's been tough on other countries for corruption, oh. too. And when you start oh. going back to Russia? this right here, he's Turkey? been tough on Russia. He's been tough on, on China, too. How's he been tough on Russia? He stood next to Putin and said, I believe he's he didn't put interfere more in our election. Sanctions. He's put more sanctions and harder Congress sanctions puts on the sanctions. The you guys voted you together. Know, you he know as good as the I sanctions. do, the president you voted is the for one him. that was brought, brought this up the first time against He didn't want them. That is absolutely oh, not Mark correct. Wayne Mullen, you know Chris, this. You guys going, voted for them, and the president didn't want to do it. The president was the one that started the corruptions on Russia. However, let's go back to what we're talking about when we start Fine. visiting about did the president commit bribery? Because remember, this whole thing started with quid pro quo. You got to change the us. subject. You change, Not for us. It's the first time I came on, you started talking about quid pro quo. And I said, I don't like the Latin. It doesn't mean anything. They have to find a crime. Well, it was, And they have to say that it's an changed, abuse of power. And everybody changed to bribery. There has been not one single thing that has been said that the president directed or anybody directly directed first there, all, there would be bribery. Well, if we're talking about witnesses, impeaching the president of the United uh, States, now that's yes, a diff- it's true. Now, that's, I agree with you. Okay. Now, but hold on. Let's just divide where I agree and where I don't. Um, Fact witnesses don't tell you what the law is, okay? Uh, They tell you what they know. They don't tell you what law it fits into. Right. If you withhold aid and access to a meeting until you get what you want from them in in way of an investigation, you can say that's a solicitation of something for value. And if you have corrupt intent, meaning you're doing it for you, not America's national security interest, it would be a bribe. But I'll tell you what, that's one argument. You can say, yeah, 
I think what he did here was wrong. He was trying to get investigations on Biden. He should have gone to the DOJ. He shouldn't have used Rudy this way. But it is not worthy of removal. It's not worthy of impeachment. You can accept what is clear from fact from Hill and others and still make the argument you want to make. So the first time we visited, you were talking about specifically the transcript. And well, that's and what I had every, at the time. And, yeah, and everybody was saying, well, that's not an accurate transcript. But then we had Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Bidman that came out and actually said, yes, that is an accurate transcript. And so we have to make a couple of changes, good enough. So we have to start with it, because this, thing, this impeachment inquiry started on two things. The whistleblower, who for some reason won't come out and testify. They won't allow him to come testify, even though we want him to come testify. legally protected. Because it is, well, I know, but don't you think if this whole thing started with a whistleblower that had 37 times that said he was told and it was never, ever firsthand experience. You had nine times that said he was, he didn't know. I think you're completely irrelevant because you've had all the other testimony. I think you you should get Pompeo and Mulvaney. Nancy Pelosi stood up and said on, what was it, September 20. Am I, I'm getting my dates high. I won't start on the dates because I'm th- getting them messed up. But uh, it, when I think it was September 26th. I don't know. But anyways, when Nancy Pelosi stood up and said that uh, we're doing this based on new accounts on the phone call with the president and the whistleblower, that, that we're going to start an impeachment inquiry, even though it never happened, we're going to start an impeachment inquiry into the president of the United States. The whistleblowers never came through. And that the so-called transcript that everybody was debunking. It's all been corroborated. Everybody that was debunking was saying it's not accurate, it's not accurate, what don't we know? And then Lieutenant Colonel Vidman said it is accurate. Now you have two pieces that have been shown to the American people. One, which is the conversation with the president and the president of Ukraine. Right. That was no quid pro was in it, no bribery, no pressure. The and then the other person well, that's claiming it is a whistleblower. Yeah, I don't agree with that out. assessment. You have the president well, you saying, the, seen the, do me a favor, get the Bidens. He didn't say get the Bidens. He literally used the word. He did not Investigate say the Biden. Yeah, Biden has been word, saying yeah. that he did all this stuff to get rid of the prosecutor, he which said, wasn't true. He said, do me true. a favor, the people, I think the people want to right. know the truth. Because Biden had been in 2018 and had been openly bragging that he got the That he got rid of Shokin, not that he helped his son. But look. The people now know the facts. They'll be out there and put into a report. There was truth. I need you to come back, and we have to discuss Anytime, what the votes Chris. are and the implications going Absolutely. forward. And it's important to note, Congressman Welsh was on here last. He said, oh, Mark Wayne Mullins coming on? I like him. He's it's, a good guy. We don't often feel, agree. the same. But, yes. And I think that's important. Right. If you guys can disagree with decency, we're moving in the right direction. All right? And that's why I appreciate having you Thank here. Thank you, sir. All appreciate it. Well. All right. We got a closing tonight. It's going to be a little bit shorter, but you know what? That was a good conversation to have. Uh, and we will take a look at what is going on and what it means. Next. Nine witnesses, 30 plus hours of testimony. We know the president believed Ukraine was corrupt, especially out to get him. And he empowered his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, to figure out if it was true and to help him out also with a look into the Bidens. The question now is, what does it mean? What should be the consequence? Well, to hear from the diplomats and the Democrats, the situation amounts to a bribery scheme. All of it to help Trump more than to help this country. The intel chair calls it worse than Watergate. What we've seen here is far more serious than a third-rate burglary of the Democratic headquarters. What we're talking about here is the withholding of recognition in that White House meeting, the withholding of military aid to an ally at war. That is beyond anything Nixon did. So why aren't Republicans reeling right now? The difference between then and now is not the difference between Nixon and Trump. It's the difference between that Congress and this one. 
We have never seen the party of the president to be more partisan in a process like this than we're seeing right now. Just remember your, remember this stuff. The American people understand that this has been a partisan process from the start. We got to stop this, but they're not going to. And they're doing it all 11 and a half months before the next election. And like any good show trial, the verdict was decided before the trial ever began. Now, I often go at both sides of Congress for not doing their job enough and for naked political plays. But that's because I know they can do better than this. Trump has brought in a new mentality for his party. Scorched earth. Kill or be killed. Ride or die. Now, it's measurable. And I'll show you. Look back at Nixon. What did the president know? And when did he know it? You know, you remember who that was? Republican Senator Howard Baker. He had the hardest hitting question. And here's another one. Richard Nixon, Nixon has, beyond a reasonable doubt, committed impeachable offenses. No man, not even the president of the United States, is above the law. That was uh, Representative Larry Hogan. They were both Republicans. And it was eventually a GOP delegation that went to the White House to tell Nixon it was over. Next day, he resigned. Clinton, too, dealt with party uh, with people in his party that he was in disfavor with. After reading the Star report, 31 Democrats, 31, crossed the aisle and voted in favor of setting up an impeachment process. What's more, five Democratic House members actually voted to impeach him. And what Nixon and Clinton were accused of was certainly nothing on the order of the scheme that's been outlined here. Yet Trump has already clearly won one fight. And it is the fight to have complete control of his party. Supporters are loud and proud, defiant in the face of fact, operating exclusively as defense counsel for the president in a manner that we've never seen. Dissent, minimal, muted. Why? Fear of toxic tweets, punishing primary challenges. There could be no question that Republicans are ignoring the facts for favor. They've charged after Democrats for so much less than this, and they know it. The Constitution gives them a duty of oversight over the executive. Yet almost every question from the 10 members of their council were designed to shield, you know, nine Republicans and then their lawyer. They were shielding. They were trying to protect the president. There was not one question asked to elicit any negative information. That is not their job. Or maybe now it is. If they're putting their own personal and political fortunes ahead of their duty, well, it may seem just as obvious as what the president did to any reasonable onlooker. And here's the shame. You saw me argue it to Mark Wayne Mullen. You see me argue with lots of Republicans. You can own what is obvious here and still argue that the consequence of impeachment, let alone removal, is too severe. You may not like that argument, but it can be argued in good conscience. Ignoring facts, facilitating conspiracy theories about Ukraine interference, that cannot be done in good conscience. But they are right to argue one point. An election is right around the corner. And what happens now will be fresh in the minds of voters, especially undecided ones all over this country. There will be another quid pro quo in play. Will the voters give you their vote in favor of what you're offering them right now? All right. That is the argument. Here's the bolo. Tease. 
Senator McConnell said today, if impeachment makes it to the Senate, they'll be ready. What does that mean? Next. Bolo, be on the lookout. If the House impeaches, next comes a Senate trial. Obviously, the Republicans control the Senate. A group of Republican senators huddled with White House officials today to map out the road ahead. They're weighing the length of proceedings. Some want to dismiss it right from the start. Others believe doing that might hurt their ability to keep the Senate and maybe letting the Democrats draw it out in a trial may help them. So how much longer will this last? We'll probably know soon. So be on the lookout. Thank you for watching CNN Tonight with D. Lemon starts right now. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.